Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, then, they prepare what they bring in. It will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard you grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. This morning we're focusing on bread. And the word bread can evoke many different images for different people. Uh, If you're like me, perhaps uh, the word bread evokes an image of coming home after school when you're young and your mom has made that fresh baked bread right out of the oven and she cuts you a big slice and you put the butter on and it melts into that and then you end up eating half the loaf before she stops you. Or perhaps uh, you have an image of school lunch and you take your uh, sandwich and you cut all the crusts off. My favorite was uh, Braunschweiger. How many Braunschweiger fans? Liverwurst, couple. Yeah, my wife will not allow allow Braunschweiger in the house. She said, that's not coming in here, it will kill you. (laughs) But on the flip side, many people have images of bread that uh, have uh, a different connotation. Perhaps you're gluten intolerant and you've had issues around uh, bread. Or maybe uh, people in other countries where they have a lack of provision, a lack of bread. Maybe they're thinking that they never have enough of it. But for the aspiring chefs among the people um, of God there, and uh, those who were receiving this manna from heaven, manna just means what is it? They didn't know what it was, and so that's what that word means. But it caused serious problems for those who were trying to make different meals with it. And so they had different things like the banana, banana bread uh, or the manna burger, the famous manicotti, um, flaming manna souffle, and then once a year their lutefisque and manna dinner. So. But bread is a symbol of our basic needs. And so that's what we're focusing on today, God's provision of our basic needs. And as we look at the way in which God provided for Israel's basic need in the desert, there are a few lessons that we can learn, and I see three in our passage here this morning that we're going to be focusing on. First, our daily bread is God's provision. When Jesus was uh, with his disciples and he was teaching them to pray in Matthew chapter 6, I find it interesting that one of the first things that he told them to pray about was their daily bread, asking God to give us our daily provision. But later on in chapter 6, he goes on to say this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And so as we look at these two passages, a question comes to mind naturally. If we're not to be worried about our daily provisions, then why does God tell us to pray for our daily bread? Could it be that prayer, or thanking God, or asking God for our daily bread, is the antidote to worry? It seems like it when we consider the example of the people of Israel here, because at first glance we see that they are grumbling. They're grumbling against God, they're grumbling against Moses, and they're grumbling against Aaron. And you wonder, well, why are they grumbling? I mean, isn't this vacation package to, uh, the, to the promised land, doesn't it include meals and drink, beverage service along with it? But I noticed what the people did not do. They did not remember his previous provision as they escaped from Pharaoh. They didn't hold a Thanksgiving service or a meal in celebration when they found the 12 springs at Mara. They were only focused on the here and now, and they wanted to grumble against the leaders because uh, their life was so miserable, so they were going to make their lives miserable. And what God was trying to teach them was that there was a recognition of their basic needs that was needed, a recognition that all things came from God. And they had been dependent on their masters for 400 years. And they still had that mentality of that slave master. And he was training them to think differently. Now they're not receiving their provision from their masters in Egypt. Now he is the one that's going to be providing for them. A loving master. A master who looked after their daily needs. And yes, he knows our needs even before we speak them. But as we pray each day, asking him for daily bread, it safeguards us so that we don't become grumblers like they did in Israel. We are continually acknowledging where our provision comes from. And I think this is why it's so important for us to say grace before our meals. And so, three times a day, or if you follow the Hobbit pattern, 11 Z's, second breakfast, luncheon, maybe six, eight meals a day, you stop and you give thanks to God for your daily bread. We recognize as in Colossians 1.17 where it says that in him all things hold together. Isn't that amazing to think about? Jesus holds all things together by his powerful word. The atoms in your body would blow apart and disperse all over the universe if it weren't for Christ and his powerful word holding all of these things together. Our very life. And if we could have that at the forefront of our minds day and night, we'd be safe, right? But we don't. We get caught up in our daily lives. We get caught up in the worries of this life. And we forget about the fact that Christ is holding all of these things together. I think one of the hardest things for me is to personally remember that God is excited to give us the things that we need. In regard to the people of Israel, I sometimes get the impression that he's mad with them all the time. 
that he just lets them go right up to the edge of starvation or right up to the edge of uh, dying of thirst before he finally grudgingly gives them the things that they need. But we have to remember that the scriptures say that Israel is the apple of God's eye. And so too, you and I are God's apple of his eye. He desires to provide for us. He wants to provide for your every need. The second thing we see here in this text this morning is that daily bread tests our contentment. German-born American architect Ludwig Miles von Roh is famous for a number of sayings, like, less is more, or, a chair is a very difficult object, a skyscraper is almost easier, that is why Chippendale is famous. But his quote that relates to our story here this morning is, God is in the details. Our Lord is not the God of the vague. He's the God of the very specific. And when he gives particular instructions, there is always a reason. There's a reason that he gave the instructions that he did to Israel about the manna and how it was to be collected and how it was to be stored and how much you were to take and how much you were to leave behind. In regards to this manna, he's provided this sustenance for Israel he gave them detailed instructions so that he could test them to see whether or not they would follow his laws or not. His instructions was to gather only as much as they needed for that day. Not to gather more, not to hide it away, because what happened is if you gathered more than you needed for the day, it began to rot. And many people did that because they were worried. They didn't know whether this God was a a benevolent God or not. They were used to the malevolent slave masters. And so they were hoarding for themselves more than they needed. And this is so prevalent for us, isn't it? You know, we think about the future and we want to make sure that we have enough in each situation. And so we end up hoarding, but it turns to rot because we're not depending upon the Lord for our daily needs. There's so many things that we can be worried about in this life. If you just watch the evening news, they'll actually tell you about things that you didn't even know you needed to worry about. 5G or something like that, right? But God is trying to teach the people of Israel and us through an example of how contentment is a here and now decision. Can I find joy in the moment even when the world around me is in chaos? Can I find joy in the moment when my own circumstances don't point to the fact that God is providing for me? Listen to the advice of James, the half-brother of Jesus, in his letter to the Jews, who, by the way, were scattered among Asia Minor, and they were under persecution from the Romans. That's why they were scattered. He said, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not even know what tomorrow brings. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. Indeed, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, then we will live and do this or that. Essentially what he's saying here is that if there's anything that's certain, it's that life is going to be uncertain. And I have heard it said that 10% of our lives is what happens to us, and 90% is what we do in reaction to what happens to us. 
because so much is out of our control. You can't control the fact that you had an accident, maybe somebody hits you. You can't control the markets. You can't control even some of the things in your own body as far as your health is concerned. And so the question that the Israelites were asking is, will there be manna on the ground tomorrow, just like there's been for the last 30 years in the wilderness? When Paul wrote to the church in Philippi not to be anxious about anything, he was actually in prison at the time. And if there's any place where you are going to be anxious, it's in prison, because your entire life is under the control of other people. And in fact, think about John the Baptist. He was in prison, and he was beheaded, and Paul knew about that. And yet he's writing, don't be anxious about anything. You don't have control over what happens to you tomorrow. And so live in the moment and be thankful for what happens to you today. He's telling them to present their request to God and they would receive peace, which would surpass all understanding, which we just sang about a minute ago here. That's the antidote. Giving thanks to God in the moment for what we do have. And that peace of God comes to us. We can't be peaceful about future events. We can only be peaceful in the moment about what's happen happening to us now. Because we don't know what's going on in the future. People can't understand, how could you have peace when you have stage 4 cancer? How could you have joy when your finances just tanked because the market went down and now you probably won't be able to retire when you thought you were going to be able to? How can you have peace when the relationships around you are crumbling? when you lose your job. It surpasses all understanding, and the understanding that it surpasses the most is your own understanding. I should be going crazy right now. I should be in a total mess, but I have this peace because Christ has given this to me for the moment. Next we see here that daily bread highlights a command. Here we see the Sabbath highlighted. And in fact, this is the second place that it's mentioned in the entire Bible. The first place is way back in Genesis, when God himself rested on the seventh day. And so he tells the Israelites here, you gather enough each day, but right before the Sabbath, on Friday, you're going to gather twice as much. And so there's an exception to the rotting and hoarding rule. On Friday, you can gather enough for today and for the next day. And so you'll have enough food for the Sabbath so that you might rest on it. And so what he's doing is he's testing them here to see whether or not they're going to trust in him. Back in Genesis, God rests on the seventh day, but he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to rest on the seventh day. He's the immortal, all-powerful God. He could work 24 hours a day, all day long, 365 days a year, and he would never get tired. And so the question is that we need to ask in regard to the Sabbath today is, are we supposed to take a Sabbath like they did back in the Old Testament? Is that a rule for us today? Or is the Sabbath Saturday or Sunday? There's all kinds of questions that roll around in our minds. But first of all, I would like to take it from a positive side because I have a feeling that the Pharaoh back in Egypt was not big on giving his, these people a day of rest. 
In fact, if I had to guess, I bet he worked them from dawn till dusk, seven days a week, 365 days a year, until they crumbled in the dust in death. He worked them to death, most likely. But now they have a new master. Now they have a master that wants to give them a day of rest. He's saying, take the day off. Spend some time with the family in relaxation. Come to church. Hear about the Lord. Worship and pray. I was reading a magazine article a while back about how Americans compare to Europeans when it comes to vacation time. And we take way less vacation time than Europeans do. And I think part of it is because we're greedy. We want the money rather than the vacation. In fact, some people will have the option in their jobs, and I had this in the military, where if you saved your leave or your vacation time, you could turn it in for money at the end of your job or at the end of the year or whatever. And so I did that. I'm like, I don't, I'd rather have the money. And I'm glad here at Elam I don't have that opportunity. I have vacation time, but I can't change it in for money at the end of the year because I probably would. Because that's the way we are as Americans. We'll skip vacation time to make more money. And this sort of defeats the purpose of getting a vacation in the first place. We need that time off. We need now, brace yourself, to not be productive sometimes. And for many of us, this is very difficult. I find it difficult. The older I get, it's easier. But it used to be back in the day, I'd sit down in the house and I'd, my wife would be like, just relax for a minute. You know, I'd get up, I'd see a bush, I need to trim the bush, or you know, this thing has a spot on the wall, and paint it. And just, we have a hard time just sitting and staying still. But we need that. If God took a break from his work on the seventh day, this says something to us, that we need to do so as well. And as we think about the Sabbath, I would like to encourage you to change the wording a little bit from we have to take a Sabbath to we get to take a Sabbath. Such a great opportunity. Jesus said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so it isn't this heavy law on us. It's an opportunity for us to recognize that we're made of dust. We need rest. And so we are not in bondage to work like they were back in Egypt. Ultimately, this shows us that we are free to make a decision. God does not clamp down on us and make us rest and tie us down in the bed so that we will. We have the freedom to do so, but we need to choose to. And remember that we are no longer slaves to the devil. The devil who continues to want to work you and work you until you have nothing left of your life, but you have this accumulation of wealth and stuff, right? But then you look back on the rest of your life and go, why did I work so hard for all of this? I've been in a lot of situations where people have been on their deathbeds, and I've never heard anybody say, wow, I wish I'd have worked harder. <laughs> Typically what they say is, I wish I would have spent time with my family. I wish I would have focused on my relationship with the Lord more. I wish I would have traveled on a mission trip or something like that. I was watching a documentary a while back um, about a sushi master in Tokyo whose name is Jiro Ono. And uh, now he's like 90 years old. And he's dedicated his life to the art of making sushi. And his restaurant is very successful. In fact, he's one of the few 
uh, sushi restaurants to have ever received three Michelin stars, which is the highest award for a chef to receive for excellent in his work. But during the documentary, it mentioned that he hates to take holidays. There are only two holidays in uh, Japan that you're required to actually close your business for that holiday. And he said he just hated them. He'd feel anxious all the time. He wanted to be at his restaurant. And in fact, on one occasion, on one of these um, holidays when his children were young, one of his youngest sons ran into the kitchen to his mother and said, there's a strange man in your bed. <laughs> he didn't even know his father because his father got up before the kids even woke up and when it was still dark, went to work and came back after they were in bed. Didn't even know his own children. And so many would consider Giro to be a very successful businessman. But I think we need to challenge what the meaning of success is, how we define that. How is it that we know better than God, right? The, the one who made us, the one who designed us in such a way with certain needs. We feel compelled and driven like slaves for this elusive feeling of success, of significance, and yet it's all vapor. It all leaves us empty and hollow. After all, when we've been rotting in our graves for a few decades, most people won't even remember who we are. Maybe they'll remember a few things once in a while, but the fact is, they've gone on to more important things, namely, their own life. <laughs> in conclusion here this morning, all we have is today. All we have is this moment in life. And like I like to say, look on the bright side before you know it, we'll all be dead. <laughs> and so, it's comforting to know, though, that God takes care of our every needs, down to our daily bread, all those things that we can dialogue with him every day to talk to him about what he's given us. But let's look for a moment as we finish up here this morning uh, beyond the practical, physical bread that we need to eat to survive. Because once again, we see Jesus here in the Old Testament. Listen to his discussion with the religious leaders in John chapter 6. He said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. A warm loaf of bread in the oven is nice in your home, but more important is to partake of the body of Christ. And we do that each week when we come here to communion. This is that celebration that we are partaking of Christ himself. And so as you come today to communion, I encourage you to give thanks for the bread that came down to heaven that gives you eternal life. And so as we come, we thank God for our daily provision and also the eternal provision that he's given us. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the things that you provide for us each day. And your word says that I've never seen the righteous begging for bread, meaning that you give to your children, and you give us everything that we need. And more than that, you've given us eternal life through the bread that came down from heaven, your son, Jesus. And we thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. 
If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? Personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.